Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, we just thank you, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you and we believe you are here with us. We don't have to feel anything, because your word is true. For you said, if we gather in your name, two or three, and we are more than that, you are in our midst. And that goes for all those who have joined online. Though they may be physically far away, they are joined with us here in the spirit. And you are with every one of them. Whether it's a mansion in US, a cave in the Middle East, it doesn't matter where they are gathered. You are with us. Emmanuel, God with us. We just want to thank you, Father. This morning as we look into your word, we continue to pray. The word will continue to look into us and show us where we need to keep rebuilding, keep strengthening, keep adding so that, oh, Father, on that day, all of us would receive a rich welcome into the kingdom of your Son and our Savior. The teachers, Lord, even the little ones, I believe will receive something from you. You are able to speak to them. Otherwise, you wouldn't have told, do not stop the children from coming to me. So we bring even our little children here to you. Speak to them too, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So for those who been missing the Saturdays, remember we've been looking at what I would like to call the B series. If you, if you know the template which Sammy puts up for Saturdays, it is called the B series. Because that's what God is doing with us. He's making us into something so that we become something. Not just the Beatitudes, be, though the Beatitudes and it's a sum total of it, but through the Bible we see about God making us into something so that we become like that. And look, connected with that, last week we had looked at the concept about time. Time is something very special to this life. The minute you die, or the minute you die, you will realize there is no time. So time is very, very special. We are given time. Okay, that little dash on a tombstone, born on a day, died on a day, that little dash is the entire time you get, some less, some more, but everybody gets 24 hours a day. Okay, so the title was Time and Tide Waits for No One. Okay, but should I be aware of time? Because we are looking at B. You can change it, okay, Sammy? Be aware of time. Today's title is Be Prepared. Okay. First we will go to that same text we had used as a base text. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. One of the best definitions of walking circumspectly, I don't know whether I heard or I read years and years ago, I don't even know it's from a preacher or a secular right. Right, there must be a preacher. To walk circumspectly is like the way a cat walks on a hot tin roof. You didn't get it. Okay. It's okay. 
it is not connected with salvation, so it does not matter. <laughs> okay. okay, you know how a cat walks? Not the cat walk you saw on TV, that's not a cat walk. The real cat, the real cat, how it walks carefully, okay, walks circumspectly, not has fools. There are many educated fools in the world, because they don't walk carefully. But as wise, how do you know you are wise in the way you walk? Many things, but connected with this text. How do you know you are wise? It's how you utilize your time. A wise man, a wise woman, a wise boy, a wise girl is very careful about time because he or she knows you have only specific time every day, every day. The simple illustration, which we always give, you are used to it, is look at time like a loaf of bread. And every day, if the if the bread doesn't go stale, put it in the fridge. Every day you eat one slice. What you notice is the slice, the loaf is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So it doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Last week I was so happy. Uncle David and Sister Bina came for. I had one more white head. No, because before before that it was Pastor Vijay's father. So I had somebody to look ahead. That does. It doesn't matter whether your head is hair is white or you're very young. Your time is not getting more. It's getting less. The youngest one here, uh, Aman. Aman is the youngest. is yeah, yeah. is the another is the is the youngest. But even our time is not increasing. Okay, time is not increasing. It's only lessening. Okay, so please look. That is redeeming the time. Why? The days are evil. What does it mean the days are evil? The day is so filled by the enemy to steal our time. Understand that. Steal our time. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He steals in so many ways. The primary way he steals in a believer's life, he steals his time. By filling it with things that are useless in eternity. Useless in eternity. Okay. That's why the Bible says we will go through the fire and the works and the works will all get burned up because they were useless. Useless. Okay. Useless. So remember time is so, so precious for a believer because he knows he has to redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time meaning, 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 uh, redemption. We were all redeemed by Jesus because we sold ourselves or our father sold, Adam sold us to the devil. So he had to redeem us. He could not redeem us with gold or silver. He redeemed us with the life of his son. Meaning to buy back something, you have to give something. So you have only so much time. So you have to redeem the time. You should be willing to give up a lot of things in life to utilize the time that is available. That is why priority is important. You have to prioritize first. And the, Jesus says, the way you prioritize is putting God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things that needs to be done will be added. You will suddenly realize it's not that you have too less time. You have enough time. You have enough time. For what? Verse 17 is important. Connect it all, okay? Because these concepts are there in the world too. There are incredible teachers, secular teachers, you know, what, are, what do you call them? Uh, motivational speakers who use these concepts which makes you successful in the world and then you end up in hell. But at least you are successful in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I tell in the Hindi congregation when I preach, you no. Know, 
if you are not going to heaven, at least be successful in earth. Okay, you shouldn't be a failure here and a failure. The either be bikari, udar be bikari. Come second, either amir hoja. Be successful here. No, so they use this concept. These concepts in itself are neutral. Neutral. Who are those who do academically well? Who utilize this time, time in study, in preparation. They don't waste their time. Who are successful in the world? Who are very careful how they utilize? They have prioritized. Okay, but God doesn't want us to be that. He wants us to be successful in every area, every area. Okay, so He prioritizes for us. Therefore, do not be why unwise by. Understand what the will of God is. So what is the writer of the Spirit of God through Apostle Paul? He's connecting time with the will of God. So as children of God, everyone sitting here saved or set apart. If you are not saved like Athira, you are set apart for God by the faith of the parents. You are set apart. Okay, set apart by the faith of the parents. What is that? You have to connect your time to the will of God. God has a general will and a specific will for everybody sitting here. It's nobody who does not have a specific will of God. For that, you have a specific period of time, which is called your lifespan after salvation to fulfill it. Okay, to fulfill it. And therefore, we should be always aware of time. Always aware of time. Okay. Now, when it comes to the will of God, okay, we see life in many different ways. Okay. But let us see time, will, another facet of how we can look at life. Turn at these four verses. Okay. Acts 20, 24. And if you have your Bible with you, or if you have your notebook with you, right. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race. Mark that word race. Okay? Go to the next verse. Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Again, mark the word race. Third scripture, usually two is enough, three is super, but we have four. Therefore, also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Can add over there in brackets, also eats our time. Eats our time. Okay, last Saturday when we talked about time, the children were there and I said breakfast should be eaten fast, lunch is just finished, go back to work. Dinner should be eaten slowly because it's fellowship time and somebody got it very clearly and made a lesson out of it. Dinner has to be eaten slowly, which is true. <laughs> okay, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Okay? Again, third time race. So there is a race set before us. Fourth one. You look at a man who understood through whom God wrote, revealed these secrets to us, the revealed these mysteries of life to us. And he at the end of his life is able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He says, I have finished the race. Okay, I have finished the race. Okay, I have finished the race. Okay, Ajay, come here. I know you are tall, but come here. You can sit here. You can sit this side also. Okay, sit here. 
since you are tall, you can stretch your legs. Okay. Okay. I have fought the good fight. He says, I have finished the race. That should be our dream. That we should be able to actually know, say it is irrelevant unless somebody is around when you are dying. You can tell them to encourage them. You know what? I'm absolutely sure I finished my race. There's no certificate in heaven for participating. It's only for finishing and finishing well. Okay, finishing. So if you see your life as a race, life as a race, time takes even more importance. Right? Time takes even, come here, come, Arundhati, come here, sit here, okay? Gopi also can come sit here in the front, okay? Okay. See, race is always connected with time. Understand? You, like I said, Olympics is just over. And you know, in every competition, time is a factor. Very important factor. You want to enter into a race to get into a national team, the ones who selected are the ones who finished first in that time. Best timing. Best. I don't know what's the 100 meter record, current record. Yeah, 9.59. Seconds, 100 meters. Who's the current? Who's? Insane bolt. Yeah, insane bolt. He's insane. Okay. Insane bolt. He should be called, he should be called lightning bolt actually. Okay. Okay. But do you, do you know that for how many years people thought it was impossible to break the 10 second barrier? And when the first man broke it, so many others broke it. Okay. That's why this man is written over here. You know why God says, he says, I'm giving a record of a man who broke. And if so that many will break after him. Because they will say, because we always put Jesus set apart. But we'll say, if Paul can do it, I can do it. At least I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> okay. I didn't kill anybody. Okay. So get that. Then when you get into this race in first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 25, everyone who competes for the price is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown and we for an imperishable crown. What are we running for? We're running for a price. See, every prize you win in the world sits in the showcase. Nobody notices this unless you call their attention to it. Because we as pastors have visited hundreds of homes. We look at it and we forget. Then after the meeting is over, the host will say, you know, my son got it for this, my daughter. I said, ha, ha, ha. perishable crap. <laughs> what different does that make? What difference does it make? Ultimately, it doesn't make any difference. Okay? It just becomes a story. But God says, you are running for a crown that will be imperishable. Imperishable. And let me tell you, one of the things about what the nature of that crown, uh, when you think about a crown, don't think about this. I mean, it will be very ridiculous wearing this and walking around. Okay? Even the Queen of England doesn't wear it. It's very heavy, it's very cumbersome, and it's very uncomfortable. Okay, okay, but new body, it may be, maybe it is, what you call it, welded into your head. Okay, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know, okay? But let me tell you this thing. The Bible says, uh, Nobody has received their new bodies. Everybody who's finished the race from Abel onwards is waiting for their body. Nobody will get it. Everybody gets it together. 
Okay? And second, the Bible says, the glory of the body will differ as stars differ. In the fraction of a second, when everybody gets their judgment and their bodies, we will know who finished well. Because you will look different, shine different for all eternity. Your glory, our glory won't be the same. Okay, our glory won't be the same. We will differ in glory. Though everybody will have that new body, resurrection body, the rapturous body which Jesus himself is the first one to get it, our glory won't be the same. Okay, because you knew God is not just, uh, God is the original motivator. He says, you are saved. And just don't sit down on your haunches just like that. He says, run, run. You know what is said before you? Said before you, when our children are little children, when they are smaller like Athira and all, you motivate with them a chocolate, no, little things. But as they grow up, chocolates won't do the work. Hmm? Chocolate won't do the work. It's money. It's money. And the rates also keeps going up. Like rates keeps going up, okay? Because if you give them five rupees, ten rupees, after some time they will say, no, it's not worth it. You have to raise the stakes, okay? All the corporate people, when they're changing jobs, don't tell me, what do you change jobs for, okay? What is my pay package? How much increase, right? Motivation. So God is motivating us. He's saying, you know what? You will receive a crown that is imperishable forever and ever. Ever and ever. Look at Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7. There are seven verses in different places, but I'm just giving you one. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. Okay? So you have to overcome. That's finishing the race. Okay? Finishing the race. You have to finish the race. I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Access to the tree of life, the very life of God. The tree of life is the life of God. You have access. You have access. Okay? I don't think access to the tree of life is the same in eternity. Okay? Access to the presence of God is the same for everyone. Like when it comes to little children, Jesus said, you know what? Be careful about the little children. Woe to him who makes one of these little ones stumble. Because you know what? Their angels have always access to God. Other angels are standing in line to get access to God. But children's angels do not have to wait. It's like, you know, the traffic is just jammed up, everything. But you know, when the ambulance come, they make way for the ambulance. It doesn't matter. Red light, nothing matters. The ambulance cuts through the red light and goes and nobody stops them. The cops don't stop them because it's priority. So remember, children's angel have priority before God. So everybody do not have the same access from this the inference to the tree of life. Because these are all rewards. This is Different rewards are there. This is the first reward mentioned to the first church. And there are six others mentioned. And you need to look at it even to the the useless church called Laodicea. God says, motivates them, says, if you finish well, you will sit with me and rule as I sit in my father's throne and rule. Incredible motivation. Okay? And then when he sums it up all in the final two chapters, Revelation 21, 7, he puts it up. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. What does it mean? He will be Above all things. Not that everything becomes his. What are you going to do with it anyway? But if you look when uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the other kings appointed satraps, 
meaning governors, 118, 27 provinces are there. And he put Daniel above all. That's what it means, above all. God will have administrators. We do not know what the universe is really like. We have a glimpse of it through fiction called Narnia. What it is like. But God needs people to rule, his children to rule. And he will put some far above the others. Of course, Jesus is at the top. So understand what you are running at. What you are running at. You need to be very, very serious about at what we are running at. So let's come to now to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. I didn't give it to you? Oh, okay. 9.27. Okay, with simple words. Very easy to remember. It is appointed unto everyone to die once. It's appointed. You can't escape it. You can't escape it. Everybody will die. Everybody will die. Except probably that generation when Jesus comes to take them. Everybody will die. So you don't have to worry about it. Whether you worry or not worried, you will die. (laughs) Certain you will die. What we need to be worried about is what happens after death. You can't do anything about death. You can prolong it, postpone it, but you cannot stop it. There is something you can do. It is about judgment. Whether you die young or whether you die old, you can do something that happens after death. Something you can do about it. People who died young, Stephen, I believe, died young, but he died well. He died well. After this is judgment. Okay? We, that's what I said, the title is be prepared. For what? For judgment. Every day. Like, like we do not know, do not know our day of death. We also do not know when Jesus is coming. If he comes before the end of the message, we are into judgment. Okay, that's why he said, no man knows the day or the hour. All you can do is look at the signs and make a estimated guess. And you could be absolutely wrong. Okay, absolutely wrong. But we know, we know. After Israel came into being, we know we are in the last days. 1948, 50 plus 23. 73 years and maximum is 80 years. If you want to put it, okay, so we don't know how much time we have left. I'm not setting a time and don't panic over it. So, there's a word there called judgment. The first judgment is a broad judgment. Okay, two categories. Sheep and goat. Two categories. And the judgment is not the same. The goats will go for the slaughterhouse. The sheep will live with God forever. So, the first you have to make sure. John chapter 5 and verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who hears my word believes in him, the person, not just the word, in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. So those who have believed in Jesus, okay, there are many factors to that, who has believed in Jesus, they pass the first test, entrance exam, pass okay. That doesn't mean you got into a job, entrance pass okay. You cleared, you cleared that big thing. You are not with the goats. You are, though you are goat-like, you are still put among the sheep. Now the transformation has to okay? Where he starts first using to cut your horns off. Then he uses, what is it? The file. No, nail file? Yeah. 
he take it off. Every trace of that horn will be taken off. But let's look at it. Don't make salu the the biggest tragedy that has happened in Christendom. The biggest tragedy. You know why we are like the way we are? It's because of what they did with the gospel. Look at what Jesus says. You can't say Paul said it. You can't say even if you don't believe in the inspiration of the Bible. This is what Jesus said. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. You see, it's very. that's why we have to rethink when you get in through the doors and we go back, we do not think the way we came in. Because that is not the way you think when you drive. You think the broader the road, easier the traffic. The bigger the gate, easier to get in. That's the world. Honestly, you know, when Apu comes in with the baby, we open both doors. It's easier to get in. Then everybody who comes after gets it easy to get in. Right? Otherwise you have to slide it. That's the way. Meaning the broader the gate, easier to get in. Broader the road, easier to navigate. God says not in the kingdom of God. Be very careful. Be very, very careful. Because this is our problem. This is why we need to need to think like the kingdom people and not. If we understood the real concepts about the kingdom, we would be very, very careful. Very, very careful. And we would make it very sure that we are really saved. There are many who go in by that. Remember, on the Broadway is the word used many. Because narrow is the gate. Narrow is the gate. And difficult is the who told you it is easy? Let me ask you this question. Who told you it is easy? Jesus said it is not easy. It's very difficult. Which leads to life. It will demand your everything. Not to get saved. To stay in that road. Stay in that road. And there are few. Look at the contrast Jesus makes. Our two verses are unbelievably loaded. Okay. And you know what he says? He exhorts us, please enter by the narrow gate. Every morning when you wake up, we have a choice of two gates before us. First you have to wake up. That is the most difficult part. Most difficult part. When you fail that, you have already failed one the gate test. Then you are rushing, rushing to finish the activities of the day because you failed the first test. Enter by the narrow gate. Because the way is difficult. It's difficult. And there are few who find it. So be very, very careful that we don't take our salvation for granted. One of the reasons the church has become so weak and individual believers are so weak is because we changed the gospel and we made the narrow way into the broad way. The difficult path into an easy path. So we sit there thinking we are saved when we may not be saved. That's why if you listen to Pastor Vijay's teaching, the greatest deception is deception of the self. Deception. I believe my heart. The heart is deceitful about all things. Give me the evidence you are saved. Give me the proof you are saying. In the court of law, they don't want to hear about your feelings. <laughs> Attach judgment with the court. They said, we want hard evidence. Hard evidence. Not hearsay. It's called hearsay. 
Deepika will know all that. Hearsay is not admissible in a court of law. We want hearsay. We don't want hearsay. We want hard evidence. You know what Jesus says in verse 21? You can have 22, 23 also. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. We think, oh, we know scripture. Selective scripture. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. Well, I said, Lord, Jesus said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He brings the will back. Understand time and will of God. Redeem the time and walk knowing the will of God. Okay. Then, verse 22. Many will say to me that day, again they say, Lord, Lord, prophesied. Second, cast out demons. Third, many wonders. You know where Jesus begins? Jesus begins at the top. Begin, no, no. Begins at the top. Like when, for this purpose, man shall, we are continuing with that series tomorrow, shall leave his father and mother. Why did he put father and mother? Because in a relationship of a person, at the top is father and mother. The two people with whom you live most of your life. By the time you get married, let us say you get married at 28, or let us say 30, you get married. Like Joseph, you get married at 30. 30 from birth to 30, the influence in your life was father and mother. After that, everybody else comes, siblings, friends, every colleagues, everybody else come that. Meaning, if you can leave your father and mother, you will be able to leave the rest. But when he puts father and mother, he includes every relationship after that. That's why he puts father and mother. So when he says hard evidence, he puts goes right to the top. He says prophecy, miracles, casting out demons. He said, don't put your trust in them. You may not have even known me. You just use my name. All our other works, visible works are below that. Now, how many of you have cast out demons? How many of you have prophesied? How many have done a wonder? I have done three. But he says, you don't be too sure, James. You don't be too sure, James. You don't be too sure. This is our issue. This is our issue. So the the key factor over there, God says, is my will. My will. Know my will. Walk in my will. Know the general will. First the general will. Know my general will for everybody. We all have a common will of God. Then know your specific will. General will is important for salvation. Specific will is important for your crown. And what will he say? He says, I never knew you. I never knew you. It's, 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 it's a, it's a terrifying thing when God says, I didn't know you. You are not my child. Who you practice lawlessness. Let's use that term, unrighteousness. Because you can practice righteousness only by faith. And whatever is not of faith is unrighteousness. That's why we keep preaching the word, keep telling you to listen to the word, because there is only one way, and one way alone faith can come, and no other way faith comes from hearing, and hearing the word of God. And also, the more you listen to other things which you are not called to listen, it will eat your faith. It will eat your faith. It will dilute your faith. It will weaken your faith. That's why you have to be very careful about time because you are using your time one way or other. One way or other. 
Even if you are sleeping and you say you dream, your dreams are always connected with what you watched, what you heard, what you thought when you were conscious. So if you are conscious time, you thought about the things of God, the matters of the kingdom and walked by faith, your dreams would be connected with that. That's why God could not give Joseph's 10 brothers any dreams. That does not mean they did not dream. But God could give Joseph a dream which was according to his walk. According to his walk. Dreams are important because sometimes by your dreams you know how you were were walking when you are awake. Your dreams is a reflection of your conscious mind. Not just unconscious mind. So when you dream, ask God, Lord, teach me. Teach me. You are teaching me from dreams. Okay? And then practice of lawlessness. So Get this. Be very, very careful because the devil has this way of taking our eyes off. That we become very cool, very calm, and the day will come upon us suddenly. Okay? Romans chapter 14, 10 to 12, and 2 Corinthians 5, 9 to 11. Two primary portions connecting about, about judgment. Okay, why do you judge your brother or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before judgment seat of Christ. What is, the, what is God saying? God says, those who are aware of standing before God's judgment seat are very careful about how they judge their brother. They are very, very careful about their walk on earth. Because they know, you know what, I need to be very, very careful. You know why? Because if I'm very hard and harsh, contemptuous on the way I deal with my brethren, you know what? When I stand before God, God will use the same measure. Use the same measure. Because he knows the word. He knows the word. He knows God's yardstick, how he will. So he's very, very careful about how he walks with his brother. Okay? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I love, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. It's personal. I and my won't stand together. I and my family won't stand together. Each one stands alone. There are nobody to support him. He'll stand alone. Everybody will stand alone. So it is good Whereas we live as a community of believers, learn to walk with God alone. So that you will not be afraid to stand before Him alone. Because you knew Him here, so you would not afraid to stand before Him there. Learn. That's why we encourage you to have a personal devotional life. Though we have many common Bible studies, group prayers, church meetings, everything. But you need to have a personal walk with God. You know why? Because one day you will stand alone before God. And you will not be afraid. Because you will not be standing before a stranger. You will be standing before Him you knew very well. You will not be afraid. You will not be afraid. You will not be terrified. 2 Corinthians 5, 9-11 Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. What is he saying? Look at this in context. So if you were to take it and apply it contextually, it means, now when we are here, when we are sitting here, all of us as a group, except for Atira, 
everybody behaves. Athira is given the license not to behave. She's a baby. She's just two years old. But then everybody else is behaving because we are all present. What does Paul say? Even when we are absent, he says, even when I am alone, I behave in a manner to be pleasing to him. Present or absent, he is always present. He is never absent. He is always present. And you live your life that way. That's how you prepare for your judgment. Whether you are all alone, the privacy of your room, or you are in a crowd, your behavior does not change because you are always aware of the one who said, I will never leave you, never forsake you, I will be with you till the end. Okay, that's what he's talking about. Why? Because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Whether good or whether bad, it will be judged. Knowing this, what does verse 11 says? Knowing therefore, what is that? The terror of the Lord. Be persuaded. Terror of the Lord. Like I was telling the Nepali church, like we have a lawyer in our midst, Deepika will know. Don't talk among each other when the message is going on. It's a distraction. Okay, be serious. You would probably wouldn't hear a more serious message. We are talking about judgment and you are talking there. Listen carefully. There are different courts at Nambali. Nambali is where all the courts are there. There are civil courts, there are divorce courts, there are criminal courts. The behavior in the civil court, the family court and the criminal court is not the same. In the civil court, it's usually over property. In the family court, the husband and the wife is fighting with the lawyers. The criminal court, they stand like this. Literally, I've been once to a criminal court to see for somebody's case and I saw how they stood pleading for mercy because your life is dependent upon that man. He can say six years. You're gone. That is nothing. It's not six years. This is eternal judgment. We are not talking about believers going to hell. Believers losing everything for eternity. Eternity. Now, all your children, our GSS children, all your children, honestly think about it. Every one of you have one, two, three, four. I'm talking about the girls. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of you here. Actually, there are ten of you, right? One is missing? Or all are here? I don't know. Okay. Let me ask you this question. If you hadn't come to GSS, wouldn't you all be married by now? With children. wouldn't even know what your life would have been like. One decision changed your life. Forever. That one judgment will change your eternity. Change your eternity. Change your eternity. Once judgment is set, it's over. It's forever. That is why the Bible says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, please redeem your time. Be very serious about this life. Don't take this for granted. Don't get fooled by the devil. Because on that day, you will regret. You will regret. Verse 12. 
Okay, you will regret. Okay. No. That's like the first thing is, which side are you on? Jesus is very clear. Very clear. Only two sides. If you are not with me, you are against me. If you are not gathering with me, you are scattering. There's, there's only two sides. Jesus is very clear about these things. And we need to be very clear about these things. Okay. When you are running a race, you are running a race to win. And that should be your focus. Let's go further. Okay. Because one thing you need to realize is, Judgment will be sudden and it will be comprehensive and it will be permanent. Nothing in our life will be left unturned. Bad things, if you have repented, genuinely pleaded, it is taken away. Okay, if Nothing will be unturned. That's why the Bible says in Revelation 20, books were opened. Books were opened. Because of the times he was talking about books. I don't believe it is books as in books. I believe for a modern this thing, it will be like screen. The entire life will show. He will not humiliate you or anything. That's not the thing. Your entire life will show. God will show your entire life. And because we are caught in timelessness, you will be able to see our entire life probably in seconds and comprehend it completely. Because your mind will be mind-boggling. All the constraints of the body has been lifted up. So you will be able to see your entire life as God sees it, and you will say, God is just. And it's the right to judge me this way. Nobody will say God is unjust in heaven. Everybody will say, like Moses said, all your ways are right. But there is loss or there is gain. So keep this picture in mind as you go through each day. Now, how do you prepare for this race? We have to prepare for a race. No? You know, the less than 10 second race which takes place during an Olympics or World Athletics because that's the most famous and entire Olympic. The pinnacle is the 100 meter dash. That to men's, not women's. Because, because women cannot run that way. Okay, You can have gender equality and all, still they cannot run that way. Leave it alone. <laughs> okay. 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 That, honestly, if you look at the Olympics, the pinnacle of it is the men's 100 meters. Under 10 seconds. But for that under 10 seconds, Usain Bolt, you know how many years he practices? Tokyo Olympics is over. Paris Olympics is four years away. Practice has already begun. Every day. Practice has already begun. For a perishable crowd. Perishable crowd. Most of the different, what do you call it, disciplines of Olympics, the winners, we don't even know. Usain Bolt we know because it's prominent. Swimming we know Phelps only because of the number of medals he got. Otherwise you wouldn't have remembered him. You wouldn't have remembered him. Okay? So please, how many cricketers have India generated? Do you know all their names? No. Don't know all their names. Okay? So there is this preparation. The preparation is more important sometimes than the race itself because the preparation will determine whether you will be able to compete or not. So the Bible is very clear. Everything is there in the Bible. How to prepare for this race. First one, Second Timothy, chapter 2. Because it is in this. In this is uh, what you call the man who finished the race. 
promised lifelong experience of participating in this race and finishing it, giving his experience through the spirit. One of the simple things I will tell you to young people is that, you know, we have very little time. And we have our Bible, which you need to read. But let me tell you, honestly, I'll tell you my secret. One of the simple things to to learn the word of God is that allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to one teacher. One teacher. Nobody can learn on their themselves. Even Jesus was taught by the Holy Spirit. We all need teachers. But you cannot have too many teachers. So one of the best things God gave me was that, you know what? He gave me direct friends. If you ask me, who is the teacher among men in my life? There are many. But I will always put direct friends at the top. Because I tested him and I found he's kosher. You won't go wrong with him. You won't go wrong with him. Okay, you won't go wrong with him. You know what? It makes learning very easy. You won't wander around 500 teachers. Though you will listen to a few here and there and they speak into your life. Get to have one teacher. A lot of people are wasting their time because they are all doing their personal Bible study. You should do your personal devotions. But sometimes you will realize, you know, that you are not getting anything out of your personal Bible studies because, you know what, you are not being taught. You are not being taught. Not being. Even Paul had to be taught. By God. He had to be taught by God. We all have to be taught by God. So never try to be independent in the body of Christ. We all need a teacher. We all need a teacher. Some are dead and gone. Some are alive. But you need a teacher. And we need to be taught. And here is this great teacher called Apostle Paul. Practical life. And why I like Derek Prince is that he's not a theorist. Everything he teaches, it's practical. If he teaches deliverance, he has done it. If he talks about casting out demons, he has done it. If he talks about healing, he has done it. Everything he teaches, he has done it. So he will see that this was the theory in the Bible and I practiced it and I found it is true. It is true. So I have no doubts about it. It's absolutely true. It's a very good teacher. It's a very, very good teacher. Therefore, you know what? It saved me a lot of time. Otherwise, I've listened to this one and that one and that one and that one. And by the time it's too complicated because the Baptist says, the Lutheran says, this one says that. Totally. You don't know who to believe. God to believe. You get confused. Okay, that's what happens to people. They will go through Suvartha channel, this channel, change, 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 and you don't know ultimately what you believe. And what does he tell you? The first lesson he gives you is in verse 3. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You want to run this race? Be ready to endure hardship. Put it in secular terms. You want to, you want to excel in your studies? You have to endure hardship. Long hours. Long hours. Okay. We say in old English, old, not old usages, not new English, old usage, burning the midnight oil. Now, none of you do that because you have electricity. But we did. We did. If you have to learn after 10 o'clock, lights off. Light your kerosene lamp. No choice. Because electricity was very expensive. It was not allowed. You want us to learn? Kerosene was cheap. Kerosene was cheap. Electricity was expensive. You know, you know what? You, you literally had to burn the midnight oil. 
if you want to excel. You must endure any field except for the crooks. Everyone who has excelled, they have endured hardship. If you find a man or a woman who is excellent in their field, you will see they have endured hardship. Without enduring hardship, you will not excel. Like we say, talent will take you to the top. It won't keep you there. It'll keep you there. For so every talented person, there are ten others better than you. That's a problem with talent. But to keep you there, you need character. And character comes from hardship. It comes from hardship. So the first lesson Paul teaches us, the Spirit of God teaches us, is you want to finish this race, you have to endure hardship. Now let me tell you, before you can endure hardship, you know what happens? You have to accept that idea in your mind. See, you have to accept this. Everything happens fast here. Everything happens. I tell you, simple. If you want to wake up tomorrow morning, you have to decide today. You have to decide today. It's not decided tomorrow. By then it's too late. When alarm rings, but if you decide today, you know what? I'm setting my alarm for 3.30 in the morning. And I am going to wake up. I am not going to know. You know what? You decide today. So if you're going to endure hardship, you have to first decide in your mind, I am going to endure hardship and I'm not going to back down. Your mind and your will. And then your body follows. But if you don't bring your mind and your will, you will quit. When hardship comes, you will quit. Hardship will come. All these instruments are there. How come there are very few musicians? Because practice is difficult. The most guitarists in the world, meaning all those who can play guitar, not guitarists, all those who can play guitar, know how to play one chord or two chords. Why? They couldn't have learned? They were very lazy to practice. They will immediately shift. You know what? Easier. Keyboard is easier. Do you think the fellow who left one instrument will excel in the other because one was there? He will never. Because it's already going down. Already on the way down. You already decided I will not endure hardship. Endure hardship. Okay. I'm not talking about choosing subjects. Be very careful why you choose subjects. You should never choose subjects because it is easy. You should choose a subject because you know what? That's my call. That's my purpose. And you know what? A subject I choose. Any subject you choose is difficult. It's difficult. It's not easy. It is difficult. Any subject. You want to go up in that subject? It is difficult. You may think English is easy. Try doing a PhD. Every fellow in human sciences finishes a PhD in less than five years. Hardly anybody in a good university finishes their PhD in English in less than eight years. It's impossible. You know what? It is difficult. It is difficult. Your thesis will just come back saying that we don't find anything in it. So any subject you pick is difficult. And you have to be willing to endure hardship. So it may, we are 
using examples, but we are talking about the kingdom of God. First thing in your head you need to realize is that you have to endure hardship. You know what? That is how you teach little children slowly. Otherwise, don't make things easy for them. Don't make things easy for children. If you make things easy for children, you are sowing the seeds of destruction in them. But you have to be careful. Don't break their spirit also. Okay? This thing about about horses. The actual English term is that before you can ride a horse, you have to break it. But you have to break it carefully without breaking its spirit. If you break the horses whose spirit has been broken, you see on the roads pulling those tongas during wedding times, their heads are always like that. You know what? You can never gallop with it because its spirit has been broken. Has been broken. But if you break a horse, its spirit is not broken. It stands with its head high. This is Stalin who's free, whose spirit has, has never been broken, is useless for nobody. He's silly because he's always with the filly. <laughs> By the way, filly is a female horse. Okay. Okay. So you have to be very careful about how you deal these things. Very, That's why you need God every step of the way. And God will not break your spirit. The Holy Spirit will never break your spirit. And he will not allow you to be lazy either. Okay? Lazy either. Endure hardship has discipline. You go through the entire Bible. You will never ever see a lazy man exalted. Never. Ever. Never ever. Never ever. Do you know how many slaves Jacob had in Haran? How many slaves Jacob had? He's a landlord. I mean, he's, he's, he owns the whole estate. Hundreds of slaves. He says that we have become two companies. With all these slaves, which he personally owned, not hired servants, slaves. Do you know what he says? Day and night. In the dew, in the summer, in the winter, in the rains, I worked. I worked. I worked. And then he's, he's in the promised land, settled, he's even more prosperous. His sons have gone to Shikim. He calls whom? Joseph. Why do you have to call Joseph? How many slaves do you have? Ten cent slaves. How many sons have gone? Ten. Send twenty slaves. He has. He doesn't. They trained their children well. And how many Miles does Joseph walk to see his brothers? Seventy. How many of you can walk ten miles before you collapse? You need life gyms, you need strengthener, you need umbrella. <laughs> then for the final sprint, Red Bullers. <laughs> think about it. Honestly, think. Can we endure? Can we really endure hardship? No. Really endure hardship. Now, I'm not talking about primarily about physical strength because today's age, because of the innovation, you actually don't need so much physical strength. But I'm saying, do you have the mental strength to handle issues? Do you really have the mental strength to handle crisis when it comes or you just break? Do you have it? That's what he's talking about. 
these are people who have martyred and didn't blink. Didn't blink. These are people who have flogged and beaten everywhere, never changed their testimony. You know what? They were mentally tough. They endured hardship and were so tough inside. That's what the Bible is talking about. How do you prepare for the race? It's a preparation. Life itself is a preparation. And you are on that road. Second thing. Two, four. No one encased in warfare. So suddenly you realize it is warfare. We may come to that late. Yeah. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs because he wants to please his commanding officer. What does it mean? You don't get distracted. In this race which God has put is this whole world calling us, distracting us. Distracting us. It distracts us. Okay. And the Bible says, you know what? You want to finish this race? Don't get distracted. Because in this race is a minefield of distractions. Every distraction, every distraction, you know what happen? will eat your time, eat your strength, and affect your mind. So we have to be very, very careful, Ajay. Very, very careful. Very, very careful. Now let me tell you here. You guys are pretty good. You know when you will know? When you go to another church and sit there and you will realize they cannot handle more than 20 minutes. Because their minds were trained that way. And some of you are not handled, able to handle. Even when you are sitting here, you are distracted. You know why? Because you are a distracted person. A distracted person. Because your mind is all over the place. You have put your finger in every pie. Literally. Your mind has become like that. Honestly, I'm telling you, you know, the greatest distraction in our age is the screen. Whichever screen, TV or this thing, you know. How many channels is there in TV? And the fact is that most of you young people have looked at every channel at least once. Except Rajya Sabha, Lok Sabha news. <laughs> Every channel. If you were to be honest, I will not ask you, you don't have to stand. If you were to ask, stand up. When you go home for two months vacation, what do you do? Your answer will be that, I watch TV. Do you know why you are distracted? Mind is distracted. Mind is distracted. You know what this distraction does? You lose eternally. You will enjoy temporarily, but lose eternally. None of these distractions are without pleasure. Without pleasure. You see, even to read, even to read, you have to endure hardship. There are many books over here. There are some books you will never touch. Why? You know. To read that, I need to endure. So, Pastor, I read a lot. What do you read? (laughs) What do you read? 
and you're distracted. You know, you know, if you're going through everything in the human spectrum, if you're a reader, you read all of it, your mind is already distracted. Mind is already. If you're watching everything, your mind is already corrupted. Software is already corrupted. And you know what? When it comes to the real thing, you are not able to pay attention. It's, it's just like, you know the story of the boy who called Wolf Wolf. Everybody knows. Who doesn't know? Show your hands. Who doesn't know? It's, it's okay. It's not, it's not a for a medal. If you don't know, you should put it. Nobody will say anything. Okay. Yeah. Abigail says she doesn't know. Okay. There was a little boy. He was sent to look after the sheep. And while he's shipping, he will shout, wolf, wolf, wolf. He was wanted to play a prank on the villagers. Everybody would leave their work, come running with the sticks and he laugh at them and say, there is no wolf. And they would go back. Again, he will do that. They will all come back. One day the wolf came. And he cried, wolf, 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 wolf. Nobody came. Because that fellow is fooling. But that day the wolf got among the sheep. It killed, took one. So that day the boy got a beating. Why didn't anybody come? Because he kept on crying wolf when there was no wolf. This is what distraction does. Your mind is distracted by so many things. And when the real thing comes, you are not able to pay attention and you lose. And because reading is kept as a virtue, you think I am profitably spending my time. No, you're wasting your time. Wasting your time. Wasting your time. So reading has been replaced by watching. You're wasting your time. What are you doing? You are a soldier who's involved in civilian affairs. You know what happens to a soldier who gets into civilian affairs? He's court martial. He knows his father was in the Navy. Court martial. Court martial can be terrible. It is not. It's not just even human. You have to go to a army prison. It's terrible. Let me tell you a secret. Many jawans, no fanfare and all, will be give, the family will receive. A notice, I heard it from people who were inside, receives a notice, your husband was killed in an encounter. And the body is come. He did not die in an encounter. He was shot in court martial for disobeying orders. You never know. You never know. Okay? Why? You are a soldier. You are not supposed to be involved in civilian things. You want to run a race? God says, don't get entangled in these worldly things. When you go into the world, be focused. Be kind, be gentle, do your work, be a witness, allow the Holy Spirit, and after that, come back. Otherwise, you will not that. That day, you will lose. You will lose. You have to be very serious about these things. Don't lower the bar, because you will end up in heaven with nothing. If you end up in heaven, first, second, don't end up with nothing. End your hardness. Third one, two five. Also, if anyone competes in athletics, two five, two five. He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Okay. How many players are there in football? How many players are there in cricket? Eleven. Does that mean it's played the same way? No. 
No? You cannot play any game unless you know the rules. You know the rules. You have to know the rules. See, when we were young, I did not know cricket. I only knew football. We played football. The school full of boys in the evening waiting to play football. And their eyes are on me. Why? Because I have the football. <laughs> because being the principal's son, I had the football. And when I go with the football, everybody wants to be in the team. But how many can you have in the team? 22. 11, 11, 22. So what do you do? Everybody stands in a line. 22 people stand in a line. Or they all stand in a line. But everybody's trying to be on that edge because they all know ultimately only 22 will get in. So you know how we select the team? One there, one here, one there, one here, one there, one there. 11, it's over. You have to wait for the next day's chance if you want to play football. So you have 22 players on the field, 11, 11 on that, and 100 on both sides. Towards the end, this 100 jump into the field. Suddenly it is not football, it is chaos. <laughs> because you have 100 people running after a leather ball, nobody knows whose team you are. <laughs> so the simple thing is that, can you play a game, any game? Can you play a game without the rules? No. Can you run a race without the rules? So know the rules of the game. Know the rules of the game. Understand the rules of the game. Now we are talking about a race and the rules are connected with judgment. Judgment, we know we have a long time ago we used this, uh, what's it, shinier brand? Yeah, Shiny Abraham in Asian uh, Asian games, okay? She finished first. She got the gold. And then she was disqualified. Because for a fraction of a second, she went out of her lane and came back to her lane. So the camera showed her she was disqualified. Why? She broke the rule. She was disqualified. All of India exalted Shiny Abraham got gold. And then comes the news. She was disqualified. Same thing with Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis got the gold because the other guy was disqualified. Who other guy was disqualified? Yeah, Ben Johnson. He finished fast. Carl Lewis was the Usain Bolt of our time. And he was beaten by Ben Johnson from Canada. Then Ben Johnson was disqualified. And Carl Lewis got his gold. Okay. So the Bible is very, very careful about even to the best church one of the two best good churches in the book of Revelation, to one they are told, be careful. Nobody takes your crown. You ran so well and towards the end of your race, don't get disqualified. Who is that? Demas. Ran very well with Apostle Paul. Ran very well with Apostle Paul. And towards the end, got disqualified. Why? He went on to the world. He got got involved in the city. Also, yeah, you did put it here. Compete. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. So Carl Lewis is always remembered as the one who took Ben Johnson's crown. Why did Carl Lewis get uh, gold in the Olympics? Because Ben Johnson was disqualified. And you, many people will regret Gopi will look at her and say, he knows, forever he knows, that was my crown, Ajay is wearing it. (laughs) Forever, that was mine, that was for mine. 
But you know what? I got disqualified. And he ran my race, part of my race, and he took my crown also. Forever. Okay. So we need to know the rules. We have to run according to the rules. How we run. How we run. And most of the stuff we preach in our churches is connected with the race. And if you are not dis, if you are not interested, there are only two reasons. Either you are not saved. Or you are not in the race. Either you are not saved. Or you are not in the race. And the problem is. If you are not saved. Or you are not in the race. The message cannot be changed. Because there are people who are in the race. In the race. In the race. People are there. In the race. Fourth thing. Two six. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Now we endure hardship as discipline. And he brings the farmer over there. Okay, he brings the farmer over there. Why does he bring the farmer over there? He says, farming is different. Farming, it's a very slow process. And there are so many things. You know, let me tell you. When it rains heavily, we all go in. Farmer goes out. We all go in. The farmer goes out, you know, to watch his crops, to save his crops, to go there to the paddy field, open up so the water will flow and not clog and destroy his plants. When everybody is sheltering from the rain, he's standing out in the rain. You know why? Because he knows to get his crop at the end, he has to go through so many things. So what is this hard-working farmer? Why did he be? These are all into. So why is this brought into the race? What is he talking about? Let's look at the word of God. It explains beautifully. Revelation, yeah. Matthew 24 and verse 13. What is the most important thing you need in this? You need endurance. If you look at footballers or you look at Carl Lewis, all these uh, 100 meter athletes, you look at their muscles. It's bunched up. Because what do they need? They need power. You look at the marathon runners. Their muscles are long, stretched. What do they need? They need stamina. They need stamina. They need stamina. We are not running 100 meter dash. We are running a lifelong marathon. The question is, will we endure? Why does it say in the Bible, in the last days, many will fall away from the faith? Because one thing was not built in. What was not built in? Endurance. Why was not built in? Because of the prosperity, easy gospel. Name it, claim it, have it, and go to hell. They didn't tell that. I'm telling you that part. Or lose your crown. No endurance was built in. This is not a hundred meter dash. This is a marathon. And endurance is built over time. To build in endurance, you know what? A lot of things have been factored in by God. Our entire life has been planned out by God to build in endurance. But it does not automatically come. We recognize it. We go through that training process. Endurance is built into our soul, into our spirit. And the Bible says, he who endures to the very end. The church, 
complimented church in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, if I'm right, verse 10. Because you have kept my to persevere. To persevere is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Persevere. When? Till he comes. Persevere. Hang in there. Don't quit. Don't quit. Persevere. Persevere. Endure. Persevere. That's the hardworking farmer. But best, let us see in James chapter 5. <clears throat> 7 to 11. Therefore, be patient. Three things are put in there. All are similar, yet different. Endurance, perseverance, and patience. When you run this race and allow God to work it out, you will have all these things. You become a patient man. We were not patient when we started farming. No, we all did as children. I mean, I don't know about your schools in Bhutan. We had to do it. Part of our training. What was then? You all had to bring your tins and your soil, everything, and they will be given your seed and you had to plant. But we are not patient when you are in class two, three. Who's patient? Next day you're pulling it out to see has it come. That's why the farmer is put over there, you know. It is one thing you need to know. Everything has its own, takes its own time, you know. And to be patient, especially, what does God do? <clears throat> what does God do? He gives you a spouse. First thing you realize. You see, all of you, it's different. Your lives are different. You know? When you are like Atira, it's a cat's whiskers until a brother or a sister comes. <laughs> That's when she will realize, I have to share my toys, my time for with the parents. I have to share. You know what? Patience is built in. And the older one is usually becomes very impatient. Naku, nanu, nanu, my name is not nanu, share. Patience comes. Now you have to endure this one. Will this go away? No, this won't go away. It's here. <laughs> it is permanent. It is here to stay. It's not going away. Better learn to live with it. Endure. You see, patience is so important. And when husband and wife do not learn patience with each other, because that's the most close relationship. You cannot escape each other. At the end of the day, you have to come back. What does God do? You didn't learn patience so far? Okay, I will teach you. He gives them children. When a child is born, what do a child do? Demand everything, give nothing. And whatever they give cannot be used. Only can be thrown away. Right? What do you learn? Look at Raja and Apu. Transformation. <laughs> you have to see Raj. Oh, he's working with his hand working. And the, the chair is now used. You know that chair? Executive chair is being used to work and to rock the baby. Patience. It's a different thing. You have no choice. Why? You can do whatever you want. You can say what? This little one is not bothered. I will sleep when I want to. You're not going to make me sleep. <laughs> and I don't need anything big to be distracted, to create create your trouble. One little bubble is enough. I'll make your life miserable. You know what do they teach you? They teach you patience. We need to understand patience, we learn patience from People. It's only one way to learn patience. People. One way to learn endurance. People. 
One way to learn perseverance with people. No? Why? God is making us like Him. The most wicked generation ever until the last generation is the generation of Noah. Every thought, every inclination of their mind was evil. Every, continually. Every deed was evil. And what does the Bible say? He was very patient with their God. Very patient. With that generation. God says, I was patient with that generation. You are not patient with your babies. They are innocent of all evil. They are full of evil. Get it? Now ask yourself, are you patient with each other? Are you patient with each other? Do you endure the unendurable? And Bible says, some people, go to Jude, that word, some people, how do you save them? They are not far away, they are living with you, but how do you save them? That one verse. Making a distinction. How come others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. There will be so many people in the church, in your community, you know what? They walk on the knife's edge. They are not far in the kingdom. They are walking between heaven and hell. They will never walk close to heaven. When they die, their salvation is a miracle. They walk on the edge of hell. That's why pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by flesh, meaning you have to save them holding your nose. What is garment? Garment are works. The bride in the Revelation 19 is given this white linen garment. White garment. The garment are her works. But you know what? This there, the garments are full of works of the flesh. But you have to save them. And you have no choice. You cannot get another roommate. That person is put with you. So if you have spiritual nose and spiritual hands, how do you walk? And it. You're going too far. Don't you'll slip and fall there. A lot of people God sends like that into the church. And now we pray, Lord, send them. God says, no, I'm not sending, I'm keeping them there. What? For your sake. You learn to endure. See, our problem is we all want good people around us, always. God says, You won't change because you are not good. He says, if I put five good people only around you, the only good that will come is they will change because you are bad. <laughs> they will become better. Are you getting the picture? Now you all live in communities. Don't sit there and smell. How did you room your, pick your apartment mates? I will go there. I will go there. That's my best friend. Your best friend makes you better? You know who your best friend is? If you're not spiritual, it's because he or she is as good, bad as you. <laughs> Partners in crime. Hmm? You know what God does? God knows this is important for the race. And he says, you know what? I'm going to teach you these things and you learn in life. Learn in life. 
You need patience. Lord of patience. You know, parents struggle with patience. Children struggle with patience. Teachers struggle with patience. Right. Struggle with patience. And that's why Pastor Vijay struggles. You know, he was always teaching um, good, not average, good B-Tech students. The best who came through IIT entrance and came to his class. And then you come to church and becomes a pastor. All riffraffs. People who are not interested. People who will fall asleep. People who are forced to come. If given a chance, they will run away. And God says, this is the... You know what? Through his teaching, he's learning patience. If he asks God, Lord, will these people learn? His God will tell him, some of them never will learn. What should I do? Send them out of the class? No, you will stay there. You will learn through them. What? Patience. Patience. Endurance. And you to persevere and never give up. Never, never give up. Don't take the way of the river. Remember the river? Even dead fish float down stream. Only the life. You should, once you get time, go and watch the picture of the salmon going upstream. It's built into their genetic factor by God. They go upstream. And how they go upstream. But even when we go upstream, be careful because there are the bears waiting. And pick you and make them your lunch. Even if you're going upstream, that does not mean there are not dangers on the way. You are patient, you are persevering, you are enduring, you are on the track, but the track is still full of dangers. Okay. Look at the, yeah. Let's go back to James 5. Listen to what James says in verses, powerful verses. Therefore be patient, brethren, till when? Until the coming of the Lord or till you are dead. Patient. Okay. Remember, uh, was it Lord Nelson or Duke of Wellington? I'm not sure. One of them. In a battle, he was dying. And next to him, I think, was another soldier also who was dying. But he was a commander in chief. So they brought him water. And when he brought him, he's dying. When he brought him water, he said, give it to him. His need is greater. Even death, can you be patient? See, character is re- character is revealed in crisis. Character is revealed in crisis. Children have no character. They're cute. They're loving. They're innocent. But when you tell them no, drooping hands, feeble knees, gone. Till the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer, Rome was a farmer? Yeah? Farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. How? Waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts. For what? For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Did you see? It's all connected with the coming. What happens when the Lord comes? Unless, Unlike your death. Even if you die, you have to wait a long time for your judgment. But when the Lord comes, judgment begins. Judgment begins. 
the minute the Lord comes, judgment begins for whom? Adam onwards. Everyone judgment begins. Until the coming of the Lord. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. And do not grumble against one another, brethren. Now suddenly you realize, where do you want patience? One another. Where do you need endurance? With one another. Where do you need uh, perseverance? With one. See, we have a lot of patience and endurance and perseverance with machines. <laughs> not with people. God says that is, does not take you anywhere. I want you to be patient and endure and persevere with people. Ask men, how many times they will kick their bike until it starts. <laughs> patient, enduring, perseverance. Over and then tilted this side, tilted that side, tilted this way. Every how ask them to tilt their children a little time. Gone. No patience. No persevering. See, we have all these things with inanimate things. God says, What good is that? Do you have it with people? Do you have it with people? Many men, if they showed that same patience, they showed the vehicle which did not start with their wife who was late. First thing, bike starts. Where are you? How long does it take to get ready? You are always like this. He has no patience. Wife is ready. Before time. Bike is not starting. You know how patient is with the bike? Even he will talk, Mary Jan Shuru Hona. Start. Honestly, see, that's why he says, do not grumble against one another, brethren. Why? Lest you be condemned. Behold, who is standing at the door? Judge standing. Judgment is so close. And you're still fighting with each other. You're grumbling with each other. You will be condemned. You will be disqualified. In this race, not that you will be sent to hell. You will be disqualified. But the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Okay? Now, look at that and put it into today's prophets. Especially those who come from Nigeria. <laughs> not these two. These two are genuine. That's why God separated them from Nigeria, put them among us. So that they would become genuine. If they had remained in Nigeria, they would have become like one of those prophets. Have you seen any of these modern day prophets? Do you associate either suffering or patience with them? No. That's one thing you don't associate with them. No suffering, no patience. Why did prophets need more suffering and patience? Because they are called to speak what God says and almost always it is difficult. People will not receive it. You will humiliate them, beat them up, but you can't change the message. And you have to keep speaking. Jeremiah is so upset, he does not want to speak, but he says, it is shut up in my bones like fire. He's so scared that if I close my mouth, my hands will start speaking. <laughs> they have no choice. No choice. Okay. Are you getting the picture? How much these things are valued. And as a child, as a child, you can, you can grow up being patient. Usually, you should not 
always usually you will see when there are many children in the family you see the eldest one usually becomes very patient like my eldest brother very patient you know why because he had four younger siblings to take care of the parents were far away they said it's your job we'll take care of the money part you take care of the training part that's what the double portion was for not for him to spend on himself to take care of the siblings in the absence of the father so you should and the ones who have no patience at all are the only children so have a second one this only children syndrome only boy only girl they have no patience because they are pampered and spoiled let me ask you sir i mean you don't have to say i'm making the judgment among all you girls jyoti is the most patient you know why because she's the oldest and she takes care of though i mean i man i say we can trust jyoti to run gss without our supervision if we give her charge because she has learned but i can't trust most of you <laughs> i need two supervisors each for you <laughs> about it that's what it means can god trust you in eternity with responsibility or will you quit will you be patient will you persevere will you endure what is this quality is for for leadership like they say in english which is true it's very lonely at the top very lonely at the top because you have to make life changing decisions and sometimes you are all alone God says eternity is coming I need rulers and I'm framing them through life in my character you know about God God is unbelievably patient he suffers long he perseveres he does not give up on any of his children we give up on ourselves he never gives up on us and he endures through all our junk without changing his character he endures we are nasty and stink in his nostril it does not change who he is he still remains who he is that's why we say he's good all the time and all the time he's good not us when we are not able to endure somebody we give it back somebody called me yesterday i couldn't handle it anymore so i gave it back you know why we couldn't endure god doesn't give it back god doesn't give it back no so we need to understand why these things are so important so so important to be patient to persevere to endure you know and age has got nothing to do with it age has got nothing to do with it you can have all this very early because the bible proves that by the time of 30 joseph was king you know why he had character by the time he was 30 david was king you know why he had character by the time he was 30 jesus was sent out to be tested by the devil himself because character had been framed and into a public ministry knowing that you can do anything to him he will not fail and he will not change all three 30 symbolic numbers put over there very young very young very young and they had character framed it okay so don't ever look at your age that's why paul tells timothy don't let anybody look down because you are young youth has got nothing to do with it if you endure you can have the character of christ your age is irrelevant you know 
A young one can be distracted by the world. A young one can also be concentrated on God. Your company, what you choose is what matters. Your choices is what matters. Yeah, we have, it's only 10.45. We can take another 15 minutes. And then I will let you go. Okay. So please understand this. We count them blessed. Who? Who endure. Okay. Now we have one more B. What is that? Blessed are those who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by God. You need to realize the end intended by God is always good. That's why he tells Jeremiah, your people are going into captivity. The plans I have for you are good. God never has any bad plans for his children. No. All his plans are good. How? Eternally good. Temporarily boring. Temporarily painful. But it is nothing compared to the weight of glory is what Paul This momentary afflictions. That's what it says. Momentary afflictions. Right? You have to look at it that way. The glory that is reserved. And you say no. And the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You see? These are all part of the rules. It's part of the training. That is what you are looking at. Is this being built into May 2021, October the 2nd? Nine months are over. Ten is the number of judgment. Ten is the number of judgment. If God were to judge, let us put in that term, evaluation. Evaluation. If God were to evaluate all of us the past nine months, would he be able to tell you are more patient? You endure more? You persevere more. You're more compassionate. You're more merciful. You're more clear about your purpose. My will. Your face is more, not set, more set towards Jerusalem. Will he be able to say? He will. Ask him. Go back to your closet and ask the Spirit of God. He will speak to you. He does speak. He will tell you. He will tell you. He is not here to disqualify anybody. That is another day. But if you honestly sit with the Spirit of God, he will tell you plus points and your negative. That's a good trainer. It's a good trainer. He's better than the best coach you will get in the world. Sachin goes and gets out, like I said, at 99, he plays a shot, he gets out. Where do you think he goes? He goes straight to his coach. And the coach will tell you, this is where you went. You were just three seconds late to play that shot. He goes back to the dressing room. He watches the replay over and over and over and over and says, okay, I was wrong. You know what? Next time he goes to play and the same ball comes, he's learned. He doesn't get out. He hits it for a four. You know what? He's learned from his mistakes. Straining himself to overcome. And that's our coach. That's what the Bible says. When he comes, he shall teach you all things. He will teach you all things. He will show us our deficiencies. He will show our weaknesses. He will show where we are failing. He will show. This is your strength. Strengthen it further. This is your weakness. Get it right. Otherwise you will fail there. We have all been given a personal coach, which is the very person of God, the Holy Spirit himself. Himself. So nobody has any excuse. Because he said, he will be with you forever. The world cannot know him, the world cannot receive him, but you can. 
and he is with you and he will be in you forever. And we live like spiritual losers in this world when we have God with us. It's not a doctrine. It's a reality. It's not a doctrine. It's a reality. But he will not go with you into the world. He will not watch your Telugu movies with you. He will not. They watch all the junk. He will not sing all those songs with you. He will not. You have to make your choice. There are songs. I'm not saying you should not sing secular songs. But watch the lyrics and watch the music. And watch the crowd that enjoys it. Sometimes the lyrics are good. The music is good. You look at the crowd, you say, I don't want to be part of that crowd. I don't want to be identified with that crowd. I don't want to be identified. I am. I belong to a different crowd, a different nation called a holy nation. You have to make your choices. Why? The crown, the price is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Then, ten minutes more. 15 to 10 minutes, right? Last week, connected with the timing, we said one thing. One thing you have to be very, very key. It's a fundamental principle, okay? No man can serve two masters. Okay? Coaching-wise, you cannot have two coaches, only one coach. Okay? You can have two coaches in a team. One will be for batting, the other will be for bowling. The bowling coach does not instruct the batsman. The batting coach does not instruct the bowler. Okay? You cannot serve two masters. You have to be very, very clear about it. He says, Jesus did not say, you should not. He did not say, you will not. He says, it is impossible. It's impossible. The thing is that if you serve two masters, Jesus also told what will happen. I didn't give you the reference. It's Matthew 10, 31? No, not 10, 31. It's if you, yeah, look, yeah. Matthew, that's one scattering and gathering. Okay. Why? What will happen? Okay. Don't restrict it to mammon. This is true about everything. It's true about everything. What happens? You will hate one and love the other. You will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot. It's impossible. You can sit right here. But in your heart, if you check, you love one, you despise the other. They're walking in the wilderness. They're eating manna that comes from heaven. You don't have to work for it at all. Food free, delivered at your doorstep. Just pick it and eat it, whichever way you want. All are healthy. It is nutritious. Nobody ill, nobody feeble. But the Bible says they despised it. You know why? Because they loved the food of Egypt. Though it was not available. It is impossible for you to serve two masters. You will either love one and despise the others. And our problem is that is that we are trying Oh, yeah, I am very good. I am good at balancing. No, this is not acrobatics. <laughs> it's a walk on a narrow road. Either we love one and despise the other. You will be loyal to one and you will be loyal to the other. 
You know when your loyalty happens? When you don't have supervision. That's why when you don't have supervision and when you are supposedly free from work, like bees towards honey, you gather around the screen and what are you watching? What you love and what you are loyal to. You really want to see your loyalty and what you love. Be free, nothing to do. See what you will watch, what you will listen. That's what you love. That's how you know. When you are free. All the others are there. You know what you choose to do? You choose to be scoffed and mocked by walking away, like Daniel did. That's what you choose to do. You can say whatever you want. I ain't coming there. I'll be alone. I'll do what I like. Your likes and dislikes are not decided when you are working, when you are supervised. Your likes and dislikes are when you have absolute, total liberty, freedom to choose. And everybody has those times. Everybody has those times. Let's leave the children aside. I'm talking about that. Everybody has those times. Then you will choose. Cannot. It is not possible. Jesus said it. So you can't say, I don't believe in inspired this thing. Paul did not say it. Sorry. Peter did not say it. James did not say it. John did not say it. Jesus said it. You cannot. It's impossible. Cannot serve two masters. Cannot. You have to be very careful. You know what? It is not only you will lose your rewards, if you play the throne long enough, you may lose your salvation too. You may not be even really, really saved. Saved. That's why you have to be very careful. Look at Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. For know this, that in the last day, perilous times will come. Why does it come? Because of modern weapons? No. Why? Because men, that means human beings, women also, will become what? Lovers of? That's the key. Everything else follows that. The lovers of themselves. The root problem of society is people are lovers of themselves. And because they love themselves, and in that self there are different things they love, to buy it, to have it, to indulge in it, what do they need? Money. So they become lovers of money. They become lovers of money. Leave the rest. That's a uh, manifestation of this. What is the core issue? They're a lover of themselves. They're a lover of themselves. And they love us of money. What does it mean, lovers of money? It does not have to be good or bad. It can be good. It can be good. But it's actually bad in the long run. And you are doing it not because it is the right thing to be done at that time. It is because you love it. You come down. I'll tell you. Verse 3. Uh, verse 4, they are lovers of pleasure. It gives you pleasure. It may not give the other pleasure at all. And what is the end? You are not a lover of God. You cannot love yourself and love God. You cannot be a lover of money and love God. You cannot be a lover of pleasure and love God. It's not possible. We think this is only connected with bad things. I'm not telling you it's bad. It can be good things. Example. I love reading. It gives me great pleasure. 
And if I don't restrict myself, I will spend money on it. That's why I never visit a bookstore. I know. Go to a shopping mall, nothing, it doesn't bother me at all. Eating mall doesn't bother me. Bookstall, yes, bothers me. <laughs> it does bother me. Okay? Now, I can read because I love reading. It gives me great pleasure. I can spend money on it because I will only buy good books. But the time I'm spending in reading, which gives me great pleasure, I might be asked by God to spend on somebody else. If I don't do it, I am a lover of self, not a lover of God. How do I reconcile myself? I'm not doing anything bad. It can be even the very Bible itself. Jesus did not spend his days reading the Bible. He spent out doing the will of his father. And one part was reading the Bible. He didn't spend the whole day praying. He spent one part early in the morning praying so that he could do the will of God through the day. There are lots of things included in the will of God. You know what happens when we become lovers of self, we become a lover of pleasure and we spend time and money on what we love. You spend money on books, Bibles, concordances, dictionaries, everything. But you don't buy, use that money which was meant for your family. Or others. You know what happens? On the day of judgment, you will be surprised. Very surprised. Because your house is only full of kosher food. Kosher things. Clean things. Nothing unclean. But God says, you know what? You got all these clean things, not because you love me. Because you loved yourself. Okay. On the other hand, this is the same God. Okay. Delight in the Lord, give the desires of your heart. He will, he's not a miser, he's not a conscious. You have to, I will tell you my personal, this thing, okay? This is me. This is me, who loves books. Who loves books. But will not spend money on books after he got married. Realize, life has changed. You are not a bachelor who lives for himself. You have a family to take care of. So priorities change. Everything changes. Time changes. Money changes. What you spend, your time, money, everything changes. One day I'm in an aircraft flying from Tezpur to, I've said it before, but you may have forgotten, to Calcutta. Okay? What happened in the airport was interesting. I was reading. Yeah, the flight was late. Little one. Noella was there running around five years. Five years. Four years. Five years. Okay, running around. She found another little child in the airport running around playing. I took, as usual, one book and I opened it. It was C.S. Lewis. There were four people, two white men, three Indians, standing in a corner. And after I was reading, I didn't know one of them noticed my book. I have realized whenever I travel in the flight, in the airport, in the train, one of the easiest way to witness without opening your mouth is have a book and have a kosher book. Because anybody who is remotely Christian will come and talk to you. And a non-Christian will ask you what you are reading. And gives you a chance for the hope you have. You don't have to irritate anybody because they came to you. You, you didn't go to them. 
from priests to nuns to Hindu sadhus have spoken the word using this in the trains. They come to you. You don't go to them. Because you have to be very politically correct, right? Okay. So this gentleman suddenly came and he asked me, Hello, sir. I said, Hello. Are you a Christian? I said, Yes. Oh, praise God, praise God. Then he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're a pastor, praise the Lord. And uh, he said, do you know, we are from Canada. We just went to the border of Assam. We, we did not, we were not allowed to enter Nagaland. You need inner line permit in those days to enter many of the northeast states. They did not allow us. We are going back. We have a midnight flight from Calcutta today. We just gathered and we prayed, Lord, our mission was in vain. We couldn't meet anybody. Lord, before we leave, just help us to see one of your servants before you leave. We finished praying. You took the book out. Okay. Answered prayer. So they lead me to their um, uh, leader, team leader, whose name is Jim D. Graf, a Dutchman settled in Canada. We became friends for years. So it's free seating in those days in aeroplane. It's not seat number. You can get in and sit. So we sat to each other. So he started talking to me, James, what you do? He's the one who called Noella Kalimop. He's called a Kalimop. Miss Noella sitting at the window singing as your clouds higher and higher for everything is songs connected those days. And he and I are sitting. So we are to see, we are talking, what do you do, this thing and all. Then he said, James, how can I help you? I said, you help me? How can I help you? No, we do help missionaries. I said, books. He looked at me and said, all these years, nobody has asked me for books. Everybody asked me for money. I said, I love books. I can't buy books. And there are no bookstores here. He said, James, done deal. We left. Calcutta Airport, we said bye. I never saw him for the next three years or four years. Three months later, the postman comes home and says, sir, you have to come to the post office. You have mail. I said, why should I come to the post office for mail? Mail comes to the house. <laughs> he said, no, sir. You have four sacks full came by ship from U.S. books. That's the books you see in the church library. I didn't buy a single. Honestly, let me tell you. You put God first. You delight in God. He will give you the things. All the books, there are still seven cartons still unopened. We probably got around two or three thousand books. I don't think I bought more than 50 or 100. And most of the books I bought, I bought it for 5 rupees, 10 rupees. Really good books. Okay. You have to make your choices. And you have to stick to it. You need to know your weakness. Otherwise, what will happen is, you know what, what has happened to this generation looking at this? Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure. You know what happens inside, mentally. Don't look at people by their size. You become mentally, spiritually very weak. You are a pleasure-driven generation. You do only what you like. You know, inside, you're very weak. Very weak. For the devil to cause you to fall, he doesn't have to try as much. He doesn't have to push you, trip you. All he has to touch you. You're gone. That's what it means. Lovers of themselves. Lovers of 
pleasure. And all those pleasures which we like are not necessarily bad. The good pleasures are dangerous. Because you have been taught so much. You are very careful about the pleasure you choose. But ultimately what do we become? You are not lovers of God. You know what God said? You cannot serve God. Two masters. Cannot serve. It's not possible. Don't even try it. Don't even try. That's why God tells the church of Laodicea, either be hot or cold. Oh, get out, just go. Or else what will I do? I heard a man of God says, when God vomits, where will you be? When God vomits, where will you be? Inside or outside? Think about it. That's a stunning statement. I thought about it, yeah. He said that to the church in last day's church. If I... If I vomit, where will you be? Think about it. Because we are living in the last of last of last days. We are right there. You know, right there. And I, as Joel said, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And the day of the Lord is the day of judgment is here. People haven't even made up their mind who they will serve. And the fact of the matter is, now we'll finish, you'll go from here. How will you go? See, you can only make an individual choice. You cannot make a group decision. There are no group decisions in the Bible. All choices are individual. individual. What will you choose? Who will you choose? It's not what. It is who you will choose follows everything else. Will you choose God? You cannot choose God and self. You cannot choose God and money. You cannot choose God and pleasure. It's God. But if you choose God, God will take care of you. God will provide the money you need. And one day you will realize, boy, I was smart. I was wise. Thank you, Lord. Because in his right hand are pleasures evermore. 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 Okay, evermore. Basically, what does it mean? As I close, because we have children here, young people and children here. Uh, being all sanctified saints in the company of saints, tell me one thing you enjoy. And you don't have to be ashamed of it. One thing you enjoy. You know, you're all good. One good thing you enjoy. It's not necessarily bad. Tell me one good thing you enjoy. Tell me. Papa, nobody enjoys anything. Such a moron <laughs> sitting here. <laughs> Moros. Huh? Huh? No. Yeah, yeah. Let us say movies. Okay. Let us put uh, something more simple. Let us say food. I mean, you enjoy food, right? I enjoy food. Yesterday was puri. I love puri. <laughs> I love puri. And I keep forgetting every Friday is puri. I go prepare for roti and it is a puri on a Friday and I love puri. Okay. Like I don't tell my wife, but I love puri. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to trouble her. Okay. Okay. So let me tell you, you know, Revelation 22, from the throne flows this river. And on the banks of this river, all the way. Do you know, do you know the length of that city is 1,500 miles? And there are fruits growing every season. Do you know what food is going to be like in eternity? 
you we have no clue our taste buds cannot even imagine what food is going to be like that so you choose a life of fasting on earth for his name sake he says you will not you will eat until your eyeballs pop <laughs> there is nothing on earth you give up for the sake of him and his will which will not be made up there in infinity that's what it means our body does not have the capacity to enjoy anything after some time it shuts down it cannot their restrictions are taken off like pastor vijay goes that that you know i loved movies i gave up movies after you called me god says you know what uh, you for next thousand years watch movies <laughs> He watches movies for a thousand years and realizes only one day is past. For a thousand years is like a day before. And all kosher movies. Don't think there are no movies in heaven. I have a feeling he will make movies in heaven. <laughs> so you are not losing anything. You are not losing anything. We are gaining everything see it that way he's not a joy killer joy killer all he is saying that's what paul is talking about the the weight of glory that is waiting you know what hardship is talking about actually what did that man go through yeah, what hardship nothing so please understand it's a father no and he is looking us into the eternity you read those three letters the, the seven letters to the seven churches and look at what each is promised mind boggling rewards for those who overcome we cannot even imagine it so please keep this be prepared for no man knows the day or the hour death or christ will come and after that is judgment sitting there on the bench with adam and company waiting for judgment adam and company waiting for okay. huh? let's pray father we just thank you we praise you we worship you lord thank you thank you father thank you lord thank you i just thank you lord i just thank you thank you lord i thank you for all your children from little atira on to all the other smaller ones maybe who are there listening with their parents online all our brothers and spirits in the spirit brothers and sisters lord we may not see them in this lifetime but one day we will all see each other and we will know we were one body fed by the same word by the same spirit same family and we were running the same race and i pray father as we go from this place we will not forget we are in a race and you put us in that race to win you spoke over us that we will win you said over us that we are more than conquerors you said over us he who is born of god overcomes the world there are no losers sitting here if we lose it's because we chose to lose i pray all of us here listening will make the right choice and if we fail till last night as a father you are resetting our clock now and you say start fresh run well 
rather with endurance. And he, she who overcomes shall inherit all. And he shall be my son, daughter, and I will be your father. That's the promise, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Come in the rest of the day, the Q&A in the evening, everything into thy hands, O Lord. Be with us, go before us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.